1: Welcome. It is a delight to be with you again this week and I want you to sit back and relax as we engage in a deep and conversation today, one that is common for all of us. I know at a very young age, age four, I distinctly remember, I began the question and the prompt of trying to reconcile fear and love. I had had a specific incident that took place And I'd had two very palpable experiences. One that was completely laced with fear, encountering it as an energy on the outside of me and feeling that soak within my body. And then I had an alternate experience of love. Again, I encountered that outside my body and felt that soak inside. And the rest of my life, and the experiences that followed were to really reconcile these very seemingly opposites. And what I've come to know is we could kind of equate love and fear to victimhood, victimization, and freedom, and inner authority. There's a fine line between these things, and we are that line, and we must decide which side of the line we really wanna live on. We can't have a foot in each world. That's what keeps us in duality. That's what has us riding a fence where we don't know where to go, what to do, and stay in that state of both confusion and conformity. We can see a lot of that in our outside world right now. There are a lot of followers. There are people speaking out of both sides of their mouth, And it seems as if the world is in chaos, but it's only because people have bought more into fear than into love. So do we change the outside world? Do we wipe the mirror? Or do we actually change ourselves? I find that if I have toothpaste on my face, it doesn't do a whole lot of good to wipe the mirror. (laughs) We must wash our face. And hopefully today's show will be an opportunity to feel that showering come upon you so that you can feel what it is like to be that level of a sacred activist, one that truly understands that we have the power and the presence within to really clear up any and everything in our own world and in the outside world, but it all begins on the inside. My guest today is Atusa Raisian, founder of Solstice Healing Sanctuary, and she is a recognized shaman, published author, heart-centered transformational healer, spiritual guide and teacher, digital artist, poet, inspirational speaker, life changer, and host of the podcast Goodbye Bullshit Hello Happiness. She is an individual who has recently won three awards. For the book that we are basing this conversation on, and it's titled, Change Yourself, Change the World, Transform Your Life from Fear-Based Living to Choosing Love and Seeing Magic. She has within the book a quote from Rumi, where he says, Your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. And she also poses the question, How do you love life if you don't even love yourself? That has been her journey and her uncovering of a lot of knowledge, wisdom, practical experience, and the ability to lead others to their own freedom. She says you cannot run away from the truth for too long. At some point, even if you get the things that you think you wanted, a picture-perfect relationship, family, job, Home, etc., if it has been built on a shaky foundation, it will shake and crumble with the slightest breeze, and the crumbling will happen to wake you up to your truth, the truth of who you are beyond the physical experience. Well, I think if you search within your life, if you feel down deeply into your body, and even if you rack your mind, you will feel the truth of those words. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Atusa to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome. It's a pleasure to have you here.
2: Thank you, Samara. It's such a pleasure to be here. I'm really excited about the conversation today.
1: It's going to be a rich and beautiful conversation because it is the common ground right now that I think all individuals must walk. And regardless of, of what we are facing within our lives, whoever we are, economically, socially, religiously, I think it really does boil down to fear or love. And as you move through your book, you talk a lot about why doing this work is so important. And so I think that's a really great place to start, especially with so many changes that we're facing within the world, uh, a whole scale full of, crises that people think we need to go and handle. And then on the other side of the scale, it seems to be uh, something that we have to place there. And so why is this work so important right now?
2: I think right now it is a big time in our history where there is a lot happening and at the same time that I think the fear that's out there, it feels so powerful and so big. There's also the other side of this fear that a lot of people have sort of woken up or realized, recognized that there is a reality beyond this sort of real life that we are living, and that reality is discovering who we really are inside and finding that space of love and awareness that's built in us. It's inherent in all of us. and. So that camp that's already connected into that space is sort of, I feel, guiding and getting more people, as I talk about in the book as well. It's like once one person changes, that one person, the ripple effect of their change impacts so many others. And so I feel like the world is shifting to that place of love more. And um, that's why right now we're seeing that over-exaggeration of fear in the physical world.
1: And fear really has been, in a sense, a tool that has been used. You talk a bit about the history of fear uh, as you start out. And I think that's something that's important to remember or recognize, Because it has been used in a lot of ways, both religiously, we can see it being used politically. Talk a little bit about the history of fear and any specific places that you see it is being used at this time where it really is a call for love.
2: Fear throughout our history, um, I talk about it in the book as saying, I don't know exactly The minute it started, the pinpoint of that, you know, it could be from when, you know, man discovered fire or whenever it was, but it went from beyond the fear that you see the animals experience as an instinctive fear, and it really doesn't take over. But that instinctive fear at some point switched into humans as much more than fear that it lasted and it sort of took over our lives and that need for safety and security from the outside which I think caused a lot of uh, development of civilizations and wars because then you know Everybody wanted more and they wanted safety, free, security. So it meant like, okay, we have to have more walls. Now, you know, all these people are part of this tribe. So now we need to work for our food and, you know, we need to gather all the food for us. And so that separation started. And I uh, believe that was the main part of that separation from fear and love and it expanded, expanded and all the wars and everything that's happened. And even in today's society, that separation showed up in, you know, the gender issues, religious issues, wars between the different countries. And now even, you know, race issues, all of those separations, but even you see a unfolding even in those things that happen, now it's sort of like, it's an invitation to come together at the same time. And I think that's what the importance is, important is in this time is that they're coming together. So we've t- taken the history, look back, all this separation was created, And as more people are shifting to this place of love, now that separation is sort of, we're moving away from that and we're saying, no, we need to all come together. We need to sit and come to the same level of understanding. We need to come and love one another. We need to come from a perspective of love and acceptance.
1: I love that, an invitation to come together. Because I think it's really easy to get caught up in the chaos or in the energy that is being put out there and kind of get swept away because it's easy to fall unconscious in that way. But if we can look at look at everything, as you said, as an invitation to connect, an invitation to come back together, then all of a sudden it pivots where we're present and as opposed to being present to the chaos or the negative energy, we become present to the solution. You talk a bit about the body within the book, and it seems like that might be similar. You talk about anxiety and depression and gut issues, thyroid, high cholesterol, blood pressure, diabetes, different skin disorders as being part of our suffering, part of what ends up happening because of what becomes embedded in the, bo- in the body ourselves or in our psyches, I guess that too is a level of separation. We, we look at the world, but are we looking at the separations that exist within our body and the symptoms that are erupting from that? Will you speak a little bit more about yes. that aspect of it?
2: Yes, yes, beautiful. Uh, so our home, call it our actual home home, is our bodies. We are these, call it energy beings, spirits, souls, whatever you want to call it. But there's something that comes into this body that gives it that life force. So this is our home in this physical life. That's our first home that we have. And just like your actual structural home that, you know, you're going to see a leak you're going to see like oh you know the wood is rotting i got to fix it but you know your house is giving you cues by physical things that happen our bodies is doing the same thing all those things that we're putting inside all the fear based emotions that we're holding on inside is causing the body to react. And those symptoms come about in different ways. Again, you know, all those things that you mentioned. So even our body's inviting us to, hey, can you come back in here? Don't worry about fixing anything. Just connect with me, listen to me, be with me. And I'll guide you to help you release all these things, but we got to be willing to sort of connect with our body and trust that there is a knowing inherent in us that communicates with this body so naturally and perfectly. And we let, if we let go of those doubts and fears and let that communication and interface happen, your body's going to guide you through that healing and release and letting go of all that.
1: I fully agree with you about the necessity to come back into the body. I recently released a trilogy that is so much about helping people to slow down and be with themselves. And yet, that's a very difficult thing for a lot of people. They resist themselves, not consciously, they're being run by these impulses that are underneath. And There's also this pull to the outside world. We see it in both men and women. I'm a little more cognizant to women uh, because I am one. And we have these impulses that make us think we have to go out and become something and push and fight against the world and be somebody and all of these things that so often women can become not only more masculine in their energy, but use that pursuit externally as a distraction from their bodies and what they're feeling. I think men have always been a little bit distracted because they've had to be the hunter-gatherers. Can you speak to men and women about how to balance that pull and distraction that keeps us moving towards the outside and really being present not just to the body but the deep subtleties that continue to unfold as we are present to the body?
2: uh the one of the first things i like how you separated masculine feminine so our bodies no matter what gender we're born into we hold both masculine and feminine energy and within ourselves once we find a place place to balance that again no matter what gender you are if you can balance those sides in you Then you create that harmony much better. And yes, you know, as we come into the physical world, we start to forget, and everything becomes outside. Like, how can I get love from the outside? How can I be accepted? How can I? Live. How can I? And it becomes this thing that, you know, is always having to get something, learn something in order to be accepted and loved and approved from the outside. Now, if we switch that and say, just for a while, we're not going to worry about the outside, let that fear be. Now come back inside the body, come back to you. And how can I get to a place that I find acceptance for who I am in this exact moment? How can I start loving myself just as I am in this moment? Recognizing that everything here right now is for my benefit and all I need to do is to accept and love and approve of myself just as I am. Don't go out, gather anything else. Nothing new needs to be here just in the present moment. And I think that's a start of not getting pulled always to what's happening outside of you because that's always going to be there. If you give your attention to those parts, it's always going to be there. So the importance is taking the time to... Just accepting what's there in you, who you are at the moment.
1: And as individuals move into those layers of the psyche, the emotions, the body, talk a little bit about how that continues to deepen and open in subtler and subtler ways. I know that you have training as a shaman and typically in shamanism, it is very much about going into the shadow or the subconscious and unconscious and excavating those pieces and parts to help bring up the subtleties and the energies that have been deeply embedded. But it's very easy for people to have an aha moment or have an awareness and then get up off the mat again and run. So talk a little bit about what to do when we have those first moments that we're starting to awaken. And do we sit on the mat further or do we get up and go and then come back later? Talk about what seems best.
2: Again, the best guidance is that connecting with the body is going to tell you because there are times as you release some layers, there is there needs to be sort of movement and practice so that you sort of, that whatever you uncovered, whatever you released, whatever pattern or behavior you just let go, there needs to be sort of a movement and a practice for it to sink in until the next layer is ready to be released as well. So I definitely do think that connecting with your body and connecting with your sort of internal compass. And again, from that love space, allowing that movement to happen and releasing those layers as come up is the best way. And um, the shadow part, sitting with the shadow, I think that's what gets most people scared and the discomfort of Being able to sit there and see everything, go into those hurts, go into those parts that um, maybe it's not even a trauma that happened, but sort of what you view as your own ugliness or your own baggage that you don't want anybody to find out. Sitting with everything and seeing it and truly looking at it from a place of love that there is a purpose for all of that. It had a purpose in your life and to bring it out, sort of bring it into light, into sunlight and let it sort of soak in the light and it's going to dissipate. It's going to disappear. And that's again, when we start to move again and see, you know, practice and see, oh, okay, now I know it's not there anymore. Okay, I'm ready for the next round. Let's go sit in the shadows and see what else we can find to uh, bring up and let go.
1: I think you're correct. I think, I think that when people might view the shadow or contemplate deepening into themselves to touch the shadow, there may be this fear of the dark and of the unknown of what that looks like. But the shadow can also be simply being able to tap into certain beliefs like life is hard or um, money's never around or things like that. Talk about some of the subtle statements that a person might have that they would uncover in the shadow, um, and then perhaps also a couple of examples of what a really deep encounter of the shadow might look like or or words might be.
2: The first thing I would say, is pick the sort of frequencies that we have built, those rules and the energy of the words that you're using. So good, bad, right, wrong, just, unjust, all of those things, we weigh them differently. So take the weights off and look at everything is good. So when we're saying shadow, shadow doesn't mean bad. And light doesn't mean good. It just means there's a difference. It's like saying sour and sweet, um, you know, salty and more uh, spicy. So if you look at it in that terms, it loses its sort of that power of good and bad. So it gets easier to sit in the shadow parts. Now, in the shadow, the things that you may find about yourself, the words that you may be using is that I'm not enough. I'm not lovable. And um, I think those are, you know, I'm, I'm alone. There is nobody here but me and I have no support. So things like that, those are the words that you usually find in those places that you're hiding in the darkness out of fear And when you connect to those parts, and again, go at it from a love perspective and start seeing it a little bit differently, shift in perspective that you'll see like, if you're saying, I'm alone and I don't have anybody. But if you allow that shift to happen and come at it from a love perspective, you start to see... No, there are actually a lot of places in my life that I do have love and support. And uh, so, yeah, that, that shift in perspective is always great. And even like I'm not enough, when you go sit there and sit with those words, you realize that I'm not enough doesn't even exist because there is no sort of human existence that has a. Scale that says this is enough, this is not enough. Everything is just love, everything is enough. And again, it's a feeling start to shift inside, sort of like again, out of that darkness, it comes into the light and sort of mixes. And you'll see your both sides that you've been living in this duality that's really not real. It's about bringing it all together into a oneness that encompasses
1: everything from the book change yourself change the world once you shift on the inside the outside will shift to match it the fear stops you from receiving and once you let go of it then you let go of your safety shields and therefore are open to receive all that you desire a two has come to a place where life is not about having things to be perfect But rather, life is perfect, just as it is, and everything is a gift. Even if it challenges Atusa and feels uncomfortable, it is still perfect because it has a purpose, and that purpose is always for her to release the fear and move deeper into love. Change Yourself, Change the World, Transform Your Life from Fear-Based Living to Choosing Love and Seeing Magic is a map to help you explore. Atusa wants to give you the tools and techniques to use every day to heal, release, and transform your life and the lives of those around you through connection and begin to be aware of wholeness and oneness. Uh, Please go to her website, atusarasian.com. That's A-T-O-U-S-A-R-A-I-S-S-Y-A-N.com, and that website is in the bio description as well. Uh, you can find out about a couple of upcoming beautiful things happening, a retreat in Tulum, Mexico, March 23rd to 28th. She has two spots open, so go to the website for that. And there's an upcoming multi-author collaboration for a new book, Activating the Divine Human, Embracing Our Shadows and Our Light, that we'll be releasing this summer. Again, that's com. We'll be right back after these messages.
0: Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy
1: updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts.
0: Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. Discovering the heart and stepping into conscious living. 1111 magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides, and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go, and chart a new course. Dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com change begins with you let it be simple convenient and transformative the time is now step through the 1111 gateway courses.1111mag.com it's your world motivate change succeed voiceamericaempowerment.com You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at imsimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio.
1: Before we get back to, to Atusa beautiful wisdom, I want to announce the release of my latest course. It is called Intuitive Living. The Language of Life According to Signs, Symbols, and Synchronicity. Are you ready to awaken to how life is speaking to you? I want you to know that life exists all around you as an interactive playground. This field of interconnectivity is experience, one that expands connection, communication, and guidance. And throughout your life, there are all manner of prompts and signs that have been with you, whether or not you've been aware. During this grand time on the planet, signs are more and more prevalent. So what might it be like to have a conversation with the universe? Perhaps you've seen numbers repeatedly. 11, 22, 11, 11, Maybe you're encountering certain birds or songs or books. Something is tapping you on the shoulder. Well, if you'd like to connect to greater intuitive living, I invite you to go to learn.imsimran.com and check out the new intuitive living course. You can go to either website, 1111mag.com or imsimran.com and click courses. My guest today is Atusa Aracian, and she has written the three-time award winner, Change yourself, change the world, transform your life from fear-based living to choosing love and seeing magic. Atusa wants you to become aware of your fear and how it is controlling your life. Fear has caused separation in our world, society, and in ourselves. To heal and transform our world, we must begin individually releasing the fears and walls that we've created to keep ourselves safe and once again see ourselves as whole and one with everything. Her goal is to help you shift your reality to find and align with the divine that lives within us all, which is pure, unconditional love. Again, you can find out more at AtusaRassian.com, that's A-T-O-U-S-A-R-A-I-S-S-Y-A-N.com, and check out uh, her upcoming Tulum Retreat, March 23rd to 28th. She has two spots left, and also be uh, sure to mark your calendar for the upcoming release of Activating the Divine Human, Embracing Our Shadows and Our Light, a new multi-author collaboration book that she is releasing uh, late spring, early summer. Uh, Tusa, you ended the last uh, segment talking a little bit about energy, and the energy behind our words, behind our actions, behind our thoughts actually plays more role in creating our reality than sometimes the words and thoughts we used. And you gave a great example uh, in the book in regard to um, someone looking in the mirror and um, seeing how they see themselves, but carrying the energy or the thought of something different. You also gave one about food. Could you express one of those examples and help the listeners to understand a little bit more about how the energy uh, behind some of what they're thinking or feeling might be counteractive to what they're actually affirming.
2: Yes, I would love that. Um, One of the biggest thing I always say, and I said it earlier, is to uh, start letting go of good and bad, because we look at everything in those terms, And the energy, when we look at good, which is light, which is sweet, which is whatever, it sort of brings about a different energy in our body and in our sort of feelings and emotions. And when we say something is bad or something in the shadow, something with dark, it brings about that anxiety and fear and doubt and all those emotions that go. Even with the emotions we experience, we tend to say good and bad emotions, which rather than they're all emotions. So once we take that, the words good and bad and the energy behind those, things start to shift in a better place. You can look at it as just is. So, you know, I talk about um, people looking in the mirror at themselves. And, you know, even if I tell you, say, you know, I love myself or I love my eyes or I love my hair, hair, but inside you're like, oh my God, I hate my hair. You know, my hair is so bad. The energy of that thought, no matter what the words are coming out of your mouth, that energy is still there that you don't like your hair. So in those situations, I always say, skip, you know, don't even spend time trying to force it or resist it. Just skip away, like, you know, accept the resistance that's there right now. Yeah. Right now, I just don't like my hair. That is much better than just that fight that you're creating because of those energies that exist. Um. And then also in terms of eating food, you know, we tend to have a lot of definitions about what's good, what's bad, rather than listening to our body. So start to, if there is something you're eating and there's so much energy behind like ice cream, you know, a lot of people it's like, oh my God, I shouldn't have this ice cream. Ice cream is bad for me. I'm going to gain weight. Now I got to go run. All those thoughts and emotions behind just that one scoop of ice cream that you're eating cause all that emotional baggage and weight in your body. But if you, as you're eating the ice cream, if you really don't have any sort of emotions about it and you're truly enjoying it, then that will actually benefit your body rather than harm it.
1: That is so true. One of my very first guests back in 2009 was uh, Patricia Bish, and she had written a book called Freedom from Food, and she had actually conducted a study where she gave uh, people two different batches of food, and one group ate everything they loved, hamburgers, um, ice cream, you know, sweets, all the things that they loved but they felt good about themselves. They felt good about the food. They had no guilt. They had no judgment about the food. And the other side was eating all healthy, but given one little tiny piece of sweet at the very end of every meal. And the one that had all of the, what you would call junk food, they actually maintained or lost their weight or stayed you know, where they were. But the one who had the little piece of sweet there was a very large fluctuation. Some gained um, the guilt that was there, created some different issues. So it is true how we hold the energy behind something. And another place that those types of things occur through happens to be what's passed down as rules or generational types of belief systems. And you talk a bit about that as well, that we've been passed along many different things, and that's part of the clearing of the fear that resides within us. Can you talk a little bit about the rules and how they are based on fear and how our purpose is actually to weed through those weeds?
2: Yeah, so generationally, I mean, I always start with telling my clients this, that, you know, all parents, they're doing their best. And you got to understand uh, that they come from parents that had fear-based rules and so on and so forth, and it's been passed down generation after generation that you know, because of the experiences that they've had, sort of like if you take my grandparents, for example, they lived in a environment at a time that there were wars. Um, you know, their livelihood was taken away. And so they created a lot of fear-based rules based on scarcity, that things can be taken away, you got to watch out, you got to save, you got to do these things. And also personal safety because of the wars and everything that was happening. So they, you know, they had kids and To protect their kids, you know, so they instilled those rules and behaviors in them. And so my parents, when they had kids, again, those things were passed down. So for myself, I had to, again, part of sitting and looking, going inside and seeing whatever you want to call it, shadow, darkness, rules, behavior, But I noticed there are all these rules that I have in my life that they're really not even mine. I don't truly believe in them. And they don't even exist in my world right now. But I'm still carrying it because of things that a lot of it were passed down from generations before me. And some by even society was passed down. And again, the rules around money, the rules around safety, uh, rules about, you know, how to even live, uh, silly rules of, it could be even like the times that I was taking my shower because, or how much hot water I use, because growing up, you know, they always told us, you know, you got to save water, you got to save hot water, we don't have hot water for everybody, which was true, you know, in my home. You know, whoever took the shower, you had to be mindful that there are other people, and there wasn't enough hot water to go around. But that's not true right now. So why am I living my life based on that rule that it wasn't even mine? Um, and there's a lot. I mean, I made this silly one, so you see, like it can be even silly, or it can be as big as my money rules or whatever rules that I had that were around safety. But all of those things, when you, you start connecting with yourself and looking at your life through the lens of love and that everything's working out and take the fear out, then the rules, you'll see like, hey, I don't need these rules anymore. The rules become clear as to there was a fear behind this. The fear is gone. Now I see I don't need this anymore.
1: As individuals, engage in deeper and deeper personal and spiritual growth, it can often be like remodeling a house where you go into a room and you decide, well, I'm going to, I'm going to change the paint on the walls. But then all of a sudden you realize that, well, maybe I need to now do the trim or I need to change this piece of furniture or change this appliance. And in the book you write that as more layers are being released, the lessons would become more challenging The surface layers are easy to get to, but for where I wanted to go, I needed deeper dives. And the deeper you go, the tougher it becomes to see, heal, and release. It never crossed my mind to stop or change direction. As I was creating this new life by peeling back layers of myself, releasing, and healing, I was also helping other friends to do the same. I think sometimes individuals do feel like well, I've done all this work, why is life still feeling hard or getting harder? And I have my own thoughts around this. What are your thoughts around this?
2: Um, I believe there's some core, call it habits, rules, behaviors, core fears, I like to call them, that everything else, those foundations that I talk about, everything else is built on those. And, you know, it's hard to go knock it out, go at the foundation and knock it because you can't really see it or feel it. So you, like you mentioned, you know, I'm taking apart this room and I'm taking apart the flooring, I'm taking apart the ceiling. It's going to take some time for me to really realize that core foundational fears, which a lot of them, you know, I find through my own experience and through clients, it all comes down to that fear of loss. Everything is like, I don't want to be alone. I don't want to feel like I'm not supported. So um, everything around that fear. And once you touch that core fear, it becomes more shaky because it's like that foundational fear But even that, when you sit with it, you realize that you are connected to this not just this sort of force space inside that is there's so many names for it. You call it intuition, call it awareness, call it the wine, call it God. But there's this knowing that is just pure, unconditional love that you somehow. No, it's all good. It's all perfect. Even this shaking, it's perfect. You feel it inside. So that's when, you know, yes, it's harder to sit with it because your whole, you know, you you sometimes even have physical reactions. And, but you know, this is where I need to be in order to get through this space and rebuild this foundation.
1: When we're looking at personal growth and spiritual healing, sometimes that involves a little more surface things or the generational beliefs and rules that you're talking about. And other times it becomes deeply embedded trauma that's been there as long as one can remember. Along the way, there has to be the steps of self-acceptance and self-love. Do you find that self-acceptance is a choice or is it something that grows and flowers within an individual as they loosen the dirt and start to clear out the debris that has been collected?
2: I feel it's a little bit of both um, because you have to choose to... Accept and be willing to let that dirt loosen up. If you constantly are not even willing to look at the dirt, look at the ground, or resisting it, then you're not giving sort of the air and the water that it needs in order to loosen up. You're not even, you know, noticing that, hey, I need to sort of irrigated or, you know, take the shovel and loosen it up. So there has to be a choice first, I think, that I'm going to allow this to bloom. I'm going to allow acceptance to even flow. And that choice of I'm choosing this and allowing it, I'm choosing the allowing, is going to bring about the rest.
1: Within the book, Change Yourself, Change the World, you have different pieces of poetry that you've written that are just lovely. And one of them, you say, you are made of the four elements of Mother Earth and Father Sky. You are a miracle and magic, a masterpiece. You are creation in motion. When we're talking about the healing aspect of personal growth, how do these elements apply And with that, when we're talking about moving forward and living in the joy of our creativity, how do we use the elements to that end?
2: The elements, I always, uh, one of the best things I want people to realize is water. Um, I think... Water and air to me sort of go hand in hand because, you know, oxygen is in water. Water, in a way, is in the air as well. Um, so, whichever one of those you want to take, but water, I think it's easier for people because, again, it's something tangible that they can see, feel in their body. And if you realize how much water just is in our bodies and the animals, plants, again, air, and how, you know, there was a, I think I talk about it in the book, if not, um, I've said it before, there was a Japanese scientist that talks about, that did a study of water molecules and how they shape it different ways if you give it that energy of love or if you give it the energy of fear and anger and hate. And so even by that, if you feel those elements inside your body and feel that, and that knowing that it's everywhere in the animals and plants, and it's like, you feel that connection there. I'm connected to these elements. I'm always connected. We all have that in common. Instead of looking at our genders and skins and nationalities or whatever we all have that in common and by exchanging that energy of love that unconditional love it transfers through the air through the plants to each of us and we can feel it and we can feel that shift and change and um, as far as creativity you know We're creating this life and however you want your unique expression to be, whether it's words, poetry, visual arts, uh, cooking, uh, even a hug, to me, it can be a creative expression of you. So however you choose to allow that love and to flow out through those elements and through you is how you're creative.
1: Hmm. You are made of the four elements of Mother Earth and Father Sky. You are a miracle and magic, a masterpiece. You are creation in motion. So let's talk a little bit about self-forgiveness. You write that self-forgiveness is the hardest part of the forgiveness process, mainly because we get stuck in the why. Talk a little bit more about that.
2: Yeah, uh, forgiveness is funny. People always uh, think about it. they got to forgive the outside, but um, when I bring it in, they see it's like no. I've actually have not forgiven myself for all the things that's happened to me, and that you know I've had choices or I didn't choose a certain way. So um, yeah, self forgiveness is one of the hardest parts to sit with because um, of blame, blaming ourselves, blaming what we didn't do. And if we take the time, again, to uh, look at it from an angle of love, from a lens of love, that in those moments, whatever choices we've made, whatever things we said or did or choices we didn't make or didn't use our voice – we are different people. We are constantly evolving and you cannot judge yourself who you were uh, two days ago, one month ago, one year ago, 10 years ago to who you are now. And at that point, whenever you made the choice or not made the choice and did whatever uh, it was based on certain circumstances, certain mentality and emotions And that perspective, you know, you did your best. So come at it again, look at it from love and that you've always doing your best and you're always evolving and that's going to help you forgive yourself much easier and move forward.
1: We are always surrounded by love and most time we are not recognizing how much love is flowing to us and around us. All it takes is an openness to connect to your own heart and in time, open it to fully love and receive. The more you move into this recognition and move toward love-based living rather than fear-based living and open yourself up to trust with the flow of life, the more you move every day about your life with freedom, peace, love, and gratitude. There is a natural gratitude that takes over. It is hard to describe this place. But you understand life, and life becomes beautiful and magical and full of possibilities. Yet you are not attached to achieving, receiving, or doing. Everything is a part of a natural flow and process, and in the moment. This is from Atusa Rasien's book, the three-time award winner, Change Yourself, Change the World. Transform Your Life from Fear-Based Living to Choosing Love and Seeing Magic. Definitely check out her website. If you'd like to go to Tulum with her, uh, that's coming up March 23rd to 28th. She has only two spots left. Definitely check out the future book that's coming, Activating the Divine Human, Embracing Our Shadows and Our Light. You can follow her on social media or sign up for her newsletter. And her website again is Atusaresian.com. Thank you so much, Atusa, for being on 1111 Talk Radio. Until next week. I am Simran, in love, of love, with love, and as love. Be well.
0: Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality.